episode five, peeps. Hey. I know it's been a little bit, isn't it? It's been a while. Oh yeah. This is uh the trigger happy chatterbox. And this is the world's greatest detective. This is Dead Bat. Alrighty guys, I know it's been uh been a little bit. I know we've been gone for some time, but uh busy. Kinda taking care of some stuff, our last minute stuff for Pensacon, which will be February twenty third through the twenty fifth. Uh, come out and see us. It will be uh, the crazy fucker and uh, the Deadpool suit. And, uh, I mean, the world's greatest detective, the Cape Crusader, in the BVS suit that just, I'm still surprised that he has it. Um, oh, man, that shit is so sexy. I mean, yo, whoever is Selena right now needs to come at this guy, honestly. Um, and I say C-U-M, I'm not saying C-O-M-E. Um, so... <laughs> Oh yes, um, but we'll we'll be there. Um, there's a couple things we have to say. Uh, follow us on Instagram. I know uh, Kyle is what the world's greatest detective six two six or is it? Yeah. Oh, nice, cool. I got it right on the first try. Usually I get an epic yep. fail. Six two six ninety two. Awesome sauce. And then um, finding me on Trigger Happy Chatterbox. Um, I know again I'm probably inactive. Because I, I, I rarely go on Instagram. I'm so freaking busy with, you know, work and us getting ready for conventions and things. But, hey, hit us up, you know. Um, we're more than welcome to uh, chat, discuss things, and, and talk comics and games all day. That's what we do. Um, oh, yeah. So, surely after Pentagon, we'll, we'll be posting uh, a lot more on both of our channels on Instagram as well as the, uh, the Dead Bad official page. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, hold on one second here. Awesome sauce. Um... But yeah, and then also we're on Twitter at uh, DeadBatXX. Um, hit us up. I mean, if anything, it'll be like a be like the Wendy's uh, prank that they started getting with people, where people started asking questions, and like Wendy's came back with savagery. It'll be like us. Oh yeah. You know, um, trying to think of any. Oh, and Facebook too at DeadBatXX. Um, always give us a thumb, thumbs up if you like our material. If you want to give us uh, five stars as well, that'd be amazing. And I understand that, you know, if you want to give us some criticism, we're more than welcome to hear it. But, um, man, Kyle, we got a lot of shit to talk about, dude. Oh, boy. Like, it's it's on that tier of holy shit, like, in terms of things. Um, I'm just going to let you guys know if you are driving currently and you're on the road on your commute, Sip that coffee and just enjoy the bumper-to-bumper traffic because we're going to have a jam-packed episode today. Um, We are going to discuss... I know we were on the road to Infinity War, so we can continue that. Um, I know we talked about Iron Man 3 after uh, the Avengers. I know we talked about... um, Did we get into anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think the... uh soldier is next if i'm not mistaken yes which is arguably for a lot of people the the best mcu movie hands down so then I, know, I know cap is your homeboy yeah so this this movie wow first of all this movie came out what 2013 2014 around that same time frame um to be honest i was a little nervous because i read the original winter soldier comic and I mean, it was one of those things where it could have gone two ways. This thing could have really been bad, or this 
this thing ended up being what it was. It could have been spectacular, and I was very impressed with that. First of all, the suits for Captain America were fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. The, the costume department deserves a fucking high five because it was it was amazing. Um, this movie did not feel like the first Avenger. This movie was a very espionage, um, slice of the born ultimatum kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. It, it 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 threw Captain America, who is this very straight and narrow, um, by the book kind of character, into this world of espionage. Yeah, it really did, and I was very happy the Russos did that. They made a different spin on Captain America that I don't think we were ready for, and uh, it ended up being a really good movie, hands down. The fucking action sequences were great. I remember when I was in the theater with uh. My boy On shouts out to him in uh in Ohio. Me and him, we watched the movie, and um, he saw me he saw me get hyped when that that kick he did to Batroc the Leaper, that little backflip kick that he did. Yeah. Yo, I saw that kick and I I grabbed him and I'm like. Woo! No, they didn't. Um, I don't think they, because it, it seemed like, you know, he was just a, a beef-style guy in a suit who could throw a shield really well. Yeah. And then when you, uh, they put him on that, uh, on that ship, and he kicked my mans over the deck, and you were like, oh, shit, all right, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was, it was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, which is, you know, as true to the character as you could possibly get. Oh yeah, even the guy who wrote the Winter Soldier was very happy that his comic was turned into a movie, um, and he thought it was it was fantastic. Another another person that gets a lot of credit is my man Nick Fury, aka Samuel L. Jackson, because he just had a star-studded performance. Um, he knocked it out of the park. Like a lot of Fury's character. My father actually cosplays as Nick Fury. For those that don't know, he actually does cosplay as Nick Fury. And my man looks like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, see, look at that. Kyle's even telling you he sounds like, he looks just like the man. It's crazy. Um, and, he does. He does. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of what my dad studied was the Winter Soldier. Um, he studied the Winter Soldier, like, hand over fist to make sure he had the character right, and he was going to fit it really well, so... If not for the Winter Soldier, it would have been kind of hard to really follow Nick Fury's character if you did not read the comics, though. So, the and the, and the movie gets so much. I mean, you, you got, you know, uh, Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. Sebastian Stan, who plays the character, did a great-ass job at doing it. Holy shit. Like, oh, yeah. Another performance goes right him to there, you know? Like, he did an uh, amazing performance. You know, you had a roster that did an incredible job with this movie and executed it just amazingly well. Um, and then after The Winter Soldier, I'm trying to remember what else was next before that. Was it... Uh, I think it's Thor The Dark World. 
I think I think Thor the Dark World was the next. And eh, we don't have to talk about that because it really wasn't, in my opinion, dude. I think that's where people started throwing to me that Marvel kind of fell off, and that's where the Winter Soldier kind of saved it. Um, and that's just my wholehearted opinion. I don't think I, I think Thor movies up to maybe Ragnarok were probably good. Um, I, I think Thor one had a had a had a good good turnout. Thor Dark World kind of fell in my opinion. Thor Ragnarok brought it back. Um, I think the movie you and I need to get into is the movie that I think um, my nephew will be listening to on this podcast, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. I gotta. Oh, oh yeah, we gotta talk about Guardians. Um. Because that what what a movie first of all like Thor the Dark World, it had its good and bad moments, but you knew didn't that, didn't that introduce us to one of the Infinity Gems? Yes, it actually did. Um, I know later down the line there I think there was one or two movies before. If not, this was the first movie we were going to be in, uh, introduced to the and the actual Infinity Gems, which one of them was the Power Stone, which Ronan actually uh, was wielding in his hammer. Um, his scythe, we'll call it that, because it looks like it's a scythe. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, and you saw firsthand Thanos in his chair, just chilling and shit. Um, and, and I love it, Kyle, this is what I love the most, where people are like, Thanos is the laziest villain, he hasn't really done anything other than sit on his chair. No, dude, what you people need to understand is, that's what he just does. When he gets out of the chair, you're fucked. You know, my man's is such a threat that it's once he gets out of the chair, what do you do after that? This man is is literally the the epitome of what a villain is right now in the MCU. Because now that you have uh, Galactus, now that you have uh, a, a slew of others that are about to allegedly be part of the MCU. Because right now, we can say they're part of the MCU all we want, but that deal, it's like a PayPal notice. We're still waiting for that PayPal notice to appear in our bank account. Um, because that's what it, it's come down to right now. Where we're still kind of waiting to flesh out the rest of the MCU. And then possibly we'll add the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and all that fucking hoo-ha. So, I mean, I was, I was hearing, like, the director and stuff of Guardians of the Galaxy talk about, um, I guess, how uh, Marvel took kind of a risk on that movie to see if it would, it would kick off. Yeah. care. 
Because yeah. a lot of people can't identify with uh, characters like Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And you salty about that? Um, uh, no, no, you know, it, to be honest yeah. with you, you why, why did you have to bring up that just terrible character? I love you. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I think it all the things to make a movie work. I enjoyed uh, Lee Pace as Ronan, though. Um, oh, yeah. The one scene that, um, that gave me chills in that movie, I think, there were, there were, there were two in particular. Um, one was uh, the, the, the first time I went to watch this movie um, it kind of it struck a note with me because um, one of my friends when we went to go see it his mother had actually just passed of cancer Ooh. and we didn't realize what the uh, what the, the backstory to the Guardians of the Galaxy was it was just we saw the trailer, it was pitched as fun and exciting, and uh, we decided we were going to go see it. So, you know, when you when you see Peter screaming at this room that's closing behind him, in front of him while the doctor's walking in, it just, it, it struck this emotional chord with the both of us, um, having known this woman that had passed for a very long time. Um, and then it did... It did a good job of basically picking you up off the floor from there um, and, and getting you into the front of it while telling you, here's where this character came from. Yeah. And the second time I got chills from that movie was when they were all holding the, the, the Infinity Stone together. Um, the, the, the visuals and the music were on point there. I think... It just, I don't know, man. It was one of those where you got, like, that cold shiver just looking at it. Yeah, like, it was one of those things where, um... I, I had a I had a, uh, a bit of a shiver myself when I watched... Uh, the scene you're talking about is huge with me as well. Um, and on top of that, this movie is also very comforting to somebody that's in Ocala right now who is my nephew, who loves Marvel stuff because of Guardians of the fucking Galaxy. He, he loves he loves Rocket Raccoon, which that, that... Out of all the characters I knew, I knew who Rocket was. And I knew how exciting he was in the comics. But I also knew who Nova was. But it wasn't the Nova Force. It was Richard Ryder, a.k.a. the original Nova, the one that literally does end up joining... Uh, I, I don't know if I just popped the cherry and just told some spoilers, but there you go. Um... But yeah, like I, I know Nova, you know. Um, so when I went to this movie, I didn't know Pete. I didn't know. I mean, I knew a little bit because of the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon, which is probably the best one. Avengers Assemble is trash. The Earth's Mightiest Heroes one was was where I got introduced to everybody else, like Groot, which looks badass as hell. I mean, when has he not looked badass? Um, you know, there was, you know, Drax, there was Gamora, there was Quill, there was Rocket. Rocket didn't have a British accent, though, uh, in this movie. He had a British accent in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, though, which, it didn't matter. Bradley Cooper did a kick-ass job, so I was like, you know what, everyone can get past that. 
And can I just say the post credit scene was just amazing to me? Mm-hmm. Like, they brought my man Howard back. Let's go. Yo, Howie the Duck needs more, and he needs more coverage. Please give him more screen time. I'm I'm petitioning right now for Howie the Duck too, and I'm trolling hard for that because I know how bad the movie will be. Oh God! So we should make a shirt that that you know John says dot 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 Howie the Duck too. Um. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. Let's let's not bring George Lucas again for that. Um, but uh, yeah, and that was pretty much a good amount of what was it? Phase two, you know, that was that was basically what it wrapped up to being for Phase two. I mean, later down the line, we did get you know Civil War for Phase three, but I mean, we'll... I think we have uh, we've got we've got two more we got to get into. Um, oh, okay, bring it on. Before Phase three, bring it on. Ooh, I was hoping we never talked about this. See, I don't, so, coming from a place of, um, you know, not, not knowing a whole lot about Marvel characters, given that, you know, the, 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 the most that I had grown up on was, like, you know, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, um, it was, it was, it was very hard to get, get a hold of, like, comics as a kid. Um, so I didn't know anything going into this about about these characters. So a lot of people are saying that Ultron was horribly represented. I enjoyed the way he was presented in the movie. I think he was a decent villain as far as that goes. But I also don't have any like pre-comic book knowledge to compare that to. I gotcha. Um. To be honest, Kyle, um, as much as I didn't want to talk about it, I do have a difference of a. I mean, it's it's a good constructive perspective. It's not the hate that I shot at it like three years ago. Um, the reason why this movie probably gets the flack it does is because when you compare it to said comic, it is it is drastically off. But this is where you have to. You got to go into this. I went into this movie with my boy uh, Brittany, oh my boy Tony, and his girl Brittany, and we went to go see the movie. And I'll remember it like it's yesterday. I sat down and I was very uncomfortable, but he's like, "John, just shut up and enjoy the movie." Um, and that's what you have to go into when you watch movies like this, where it goes twenty percent off of the source material. You got to look at it for a whole movie and what it is. And to be honest with you. I gave this movie an 8 out of 10 as a movie. Um, I still have my review on Facebook. I, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because did it make me entertained? Yeah. Did it did it show compelling scenes? Yeah. Did it give me the Captain America that I always love? Yeah. So why am I bitching? You know, was Ultron the, the Ultron that I remember from the comics? Not, I mean, he looked at he looked exactly like what I think Ultron would look like in the movie, um, you know. Um, so I mean, I'll give him that, and I mean, he did have that that presence. But when it all comes down to it, 
I had to stomach the fact that he wasn't created by Hank Pym. He was created by Tony Stark, and he was created by, you know, Bruce Banner. I had to stomach that fact. And that's a really hard thing to stomach. That's like saying Deadpool did not go through the Weapon X program. He went through the My Little Pony program. As much as I'm going to laugh and enjoy it, I'm still going to be like, that's not what happened. I'm a little uncomfortable. See, I, I like how they fit it into, like, Tony's story arc, though, because he's, he's realized, kind of, after, after Iron Man 2, maybe a little bit into Iron Man 3, that it's not all about him, and that he has an obligation to protect people with what he's built. Yeah. Um, and not just the way he was doing it, which was making weapons he, he has to he has to do something different something better yeah um, and so his, you know his mind jumps to Ultron and creating this this thing that can protect the planet even when he's long and dead and gone now and I kind of I don't know from a story perspective I enjoy that notion that he's he's attempting to do something good and through his pure intentions comes this this kind of the, the malformation of Ultron well yeah um, and to be honest with you Age of Ultron went through a, a, a bit of a past with me for one other reason um, it, w- before I, I'll get into that other reason I will say this movie got a lot of good uh, thumbs up from yours truly because this movie did a fantastic job setting up every other movie that was coming after it because that scene where Scarlet Witch does give him the vision and he's up on this this altar and he sees the Avengers just pretty much injured that could damn well be the case in Infinity War we don't know oh yeah for, for, just from the trailer it looks like they're getting fucked yeah so I don't Well, Vision, Vision will probably go, but I think another major is gonna go, and I, I'm gonna stick my hat in the ringer. I'm gonna say probably, probably Cap. I'm I'm gonna say Cap unless they have another storyline they want to put Chris Evans in. I think, and I think he's supposedly in the Avengers four, but it looks like it's a flashback of some sort. I'm gonna say Cap, um, because I think what's gonna happen here is that they're gonna show that he died for everything that he fought for. And Tony is broken up about it. Um, either that, or what I'm thinking right now, someone's probably going off of their head saying this one's Spider-Man. But then that's just way too fucking soon, so that's why I crossed them off. See, I think it, I think it'll be Cap or Tony. It'll be one of the original two. Yeah, I, I could I could go off that. That's plausible. Um, but Age of Ultron. Here's, here's, here's one thing I want to talk about, and maybe it's maybe it's what you were gonna bring up. Natasha and Bruce. Uh, fuck me. <laughs> fuck that romance. <laughs> fuck that romance in the ass. That was terrible. Oh, uh, John, some getting real low. You need to, you need to tone that anger down. No, no, fuck that, uh, dude. I rather watch fucking BBS than that whole romance. That was shit from start to fucking finish. 
Oh my! I, you just got me just heated now. I can't even believe you brought that shit up. That was terrible. First of all, when they fucking even teeth. Yeah, my man is laughing right now. But you know, I'm about to go into this shit. When they even brought this shit up, I was like, "You guys do realize that there is no love interest between Cap, on a Cap, Bruce Banner or Natasha, right? Like this never yeah, happened." Yo, I you know what you're you mission fucking accomplished because I'm gonna go into this one for a couple minutes here. Um, this was terrible. What the fuck were they thinking? I, I just felt like somebody like when they were thinking logical ideas, they just slipped opium in everyone's drink and they just oh no not even opium fucking fucking Xanax and there was just like yeah we're gonna go with everything you say. Uh, Natasha Bruce Banner love interest. Just shake your head. We're doing it. Like cause. If there was a logical mind in that entire storyboard, they probably threw the fuck out. You know, the, the, the director was like, all right, we're going to talk about the script. Um, Banner and Natasha, and everybody went, oh, God. And then the director was like, hey, I got some good shit back in my trailer. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Dan Snyder, a.k.a. the Nickelodeon molester, was there to go ahead and fuck around with them. If you don't go ahead and give Natasha Bruce a try, I'm just going to go ahead and just wag my nuts near your face. Oh, God. I don't, um, yeah, I know. That was, a lot to, that was a lot to digest, I know. But, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, is there, is there any... In the comics, have they ever had any tension? Like, no. They've, they've never had anything. Like... The only people Natasha's ever been with was maybe a thing with uh, with Tony, uh, a, a actual AU love interest with Cap. That made sense. Um, eventually, they did get together, um, just because of the fact where Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. That's all I'm gonna say. For people who've read her in the comics, they know. Um, and then Peggy's dead. I, I feel like you're. I'm, I'm gonna just keep waving that candle like Bruce's parents is dead, but. You know, it, it, <laughs> but it's like you have there's no, there's no one else she could really go with other than Cap, Tony, or in the best case scenario, which I'd love to see this story pop off, Bucky Barnes, because they eventually they had so much tension because at one point they did date. You know, like I remember when he was Captain America, I read a comic where he was trying to figure out why the fuck is he alive and then him banging Black Widow, which can I blame him? But I had to read seven issues of the shit. So this was this was uh after they kinda teased uh Romanoff and Steve. Yeah. In in the Winter Soldier, they kinda had a little bit of a thing going, right? Oh yeah, most definitely. Like when I saw that in the Winter Soldier, I was like yeah, let's go. Let let's go. And then when he had the tank top, I'm like, um, I know you're staring at him, and you're not staring at his eyes. You are staring at everything else. Thank the super soldier serum for that. Yeah, like I don't. I don't know, man. Like I can't be the only one that thought that was a little odd. What the. the It was, it was just. It was odd. Granted, granted their character identities kind of match up for me. Like, Natasha has been trained, correct me if I'm wrong, from childhood to be a killer, right? 
Yeah, and she actually has like a little bit of the super soldier serum too in her. So she has a monster inside of her, almost the same way as Banner. Granted, it's it's psychologically. Okay. If we're going to break down the psychology of things, you are absolutely right. If we're going to go logically, and get ready, because I might distort the computer with this one. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Jesus. No. Oh, God. They didn't even bring up Betty Ross. I feel bad for whoever is Betty Ross in future movies, because you have to explain how angry she probably is. You are now, she's probably going to go ahead and turn Red She-Hulk and go ahead and beat the fuck out of him for not only just trying to get with Black Widow, which that's going to be inevitable. I mean, just fuck it now because MCU. Um, But just, oh my, I have a headache just now thinking of it. And it's not even a headache, like I actually physically have a headache. I can feel the headache showing up four hours later because of this conversation. Oh my God. But, Okay. Yes, there's a reason why Age of Ultron gets a bit of a pass, and it's because around that same time period, we were getting Fox movies, and one of the Fox movies we probably should talk about is Days of Future Past. John, John. No, 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 hold on. Days of... No, 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 no. Hold on. Days of Future Past wasn't bad. It was fucking Apocalypse that was terrible. Okay, now they 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 really were, and and you know what? I'll give 20th Century Fox credit for doing good on first class, and then they decided to just throw their donkey dicks across the table and just said, you know what? We got big balls. Let's do Days of Future Past, and they just brought Brian Singer back, and well, everybody knows what happens after that. Um, so no, nigga, no. Yeah. It's like the movie gets a 7 out of 10 for a multitude of reasons. It was entertaining. It was pretty fun. It was good to see the old cast for the last time because that's the last time we're ever going to see them. Um, I mean, unless the MCU wants to do like a 30 years of X-Men and they bring them back like an anniversary or some shit. But here's the thing. I was very happy to see the old cast because it was a closure of my childhood. When I saw the last scene, seeing Kelsey Grammer as Beast, uh, a Femique as, uh, I can't even, I think I butchered her name, as Jean Grey, um, the guy who played, you know, Scott Summers. When I saw everybody come back again, I'm not going to lie, dude, it kind of warmed my heart to see the team one last time. Because I knew this was going to be it. You know, um, and okay, the, the first thing I'm going to cut down is that yeah, the movie got a 7 because it didn't bring Kitty Pride to the past. It brought Wolverine to the past. It exploited every problem the Fox universe has. They revolved their fucking stories around Wolverine, and that's it. So... Alright. I gotta... Teacher John, I'm, I'm gonna raise my hand. Yeah, what's up? Really? <laughs> Is that even a logical thing to even ask? You have like eight other fucking characters you could have developed at this point. Like, 
I'm gonna hey, throw. And that's where it fucked up drastically. They messed up because they wrapped it around Wolverine way too goddamn much. They could have built they could have built Gambit and Rogue in this same universe if they really even tried. They could have built Gene and they could have built Scott if they even tried. All they did was, we love each other, and then she's dead. And then she's we still love each other, and then Scott's dead. And I'm just like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Um, and I did this with my hands up in the air, and then I threw it right back down when I said they're dead. So hopefully you guys understand the ascending, descending bullshit that was going on. Um, it's just, you're, and you know what? To those that are listening to this and have a difference of opinion, tell us. Tell us what you think about what we honestly think of the X-Men. I'm sorry if we picked one character out and every other person really wasn't developed well. That's 20th Century Fox's problem. That's Brian Singer's problem. That's Brett Ratner's problem. Which is, which is, I feel, definitely something we need to point out. Um, whatever we may say on here uh, are our views and our opinions. I know people um, that love The Last Jedi to death and know that I hate that movie with a saving rage um, because of what I feel it did to the franchise. But we're all adults here. We all settle our differences in meaningful ways, such as conversation and not name-calling. Um, and, you know, what you like is what you like, and that's up to you. If you have an opinion on... You know, if you, if you want to get a hold of us and go, hey, uh, frankly, I believe Age of Ultron was much better than you guys are saying it is because of this, It's we will happily listen to that input. We're not going to go, no, fuck that, you don't know anything. It's not, you know, I don't think anybody should do that anywhere, ever, about anything. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's really like we want to have this, this kind of open-door platform where uh, we give you our opinions on something that just came out or something that we've just recently seen, and then you give us yours, because I feel that's the way the community has thrived uh, these, these past few years. Oh, yeah, most definitely. When, when it comes down to... Uh, hold on one second here. Okay, cool beans. When it comes to, When it comes down to the nature of how we do things, yes. We don't want you guys to think that we're not going to go and listen to your opinions because we think we're better. No. Quite frankly, we want to hear different things. That's how this thing keeps going. The conversation is probably the most important thing when it comes to conventions, when it comes to online, social media, when it comes to anything. When it, I mean, we have people at our jobs that talk about comics and movies to us all the time, and we have our own extended opinions about it. We talk about it. You know, over here is another platform for us to give you an hour or two of your time, whether you're at work, because, well, I'm sure your boss is going to love when you're listening to a an F-bomb kind of uh, podcast that basically shoots fuck, shit, piss, and even a couple C-words here or there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But, you know... Yeah, you know, like I, I could just imagine they're, they're probably like, this is inappropriate for work. Well, you could do one of two things. You could look at your boss, and you can contemplate if you really need the eight bucks an hour that you are working for, probably. And then... Uh, uh, what was that? What was that, Kyle? I said, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. 
There you go, buddy. And at that point, it's like, dude, you either contemplate, do you want this job or do you want to just go ahead and shove the phone, which you may have to clean later if you have nothing else to shove up his ass in his ass. You, you, you know what's funny about that? They had a video uh, of, you remember when Talia jumps off the, the, the ship off Bad Blood? Someone put that song in there. Yeah. Bro, holla back, girl. Let's go. Joe, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw that shit. That was hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, hey guys. So we're gonna get into um, we're gonna catch up on Dragon Ball Super before we get into anything else. I do recall that the um, we did one twenty five. Actually, I fucked up there and did not. Talk. I, it was 125 we talked about. I put it on the uh, the info bar as we were coming up for 125. But 126 and 127 happened, and I'm going to get into it right the fuck now. Um, just letting you guys know. A lot has happened so far in this entire fucking thing. Um, in 126, I believe, um, it was Topo versus Vegeta. And my nigga, they gave Vegeta the chance to shine. And I am so fucking happy. I was just immersed with enjoyment. Bro, I think I shed a tear. For the first time, they let Vegeta do his fucking thing. Um, so... It to- oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, so, it was 17 in Topo where they were fighting. And it was to the point where they, they continued everything off from 125, the same fucking episode, which... Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. If you are that lazy that you cannot put two two minutes of extra fucking things that are going on, you have to be one lazy motherfucker. That's all I'm going to say about this episode. The only criticism it gets is that they were absolutely lazy for recapping the last episode. Um, But aside from that, the fight between Goku, Vegeta, and Jiren is still happening. And it's to the point where Vegeta's energy is being felt and it hits Topo. And now all of a sudden it's Vegeta and Topo. And I'm like, alright, let's go. So Vegeta and Topo are fighting, and Topo's like, alright, bitch, you think honestly your powers are strong enough to beat me now that I'm a candidate for God of Destruction? So they're they're going at each other, and Topo's giving Vegeta one hell of a fucking beatdown. But then he drives him into this this pillar, this boulder, and he comes out and says, If you think you know the pride of a saying, how that makes me laugh. And Vegeta is contemplating everything. He's he's thinking about Bulma. He's thinking about Bulla, which is his newborn child. He's thinking about Trunks. And now he's thinking about Kaba, which is one of the Saiyans that was, I think it was part of Universe 6. And, you know, Kaba was the Saiyan that he mentored and trained. But unfortunately, because of the universe of power or the tournament of power, if that universe loses, they're erased from history. So Kaba's no longer in existence. And Vegeta promised that he'd bring him back if he gets the Super Dragon Balls. My nigga comes out of that fucking pillar and whips the shit out of Topo. Yo, I love that shit. Every time that Topo shot a beam, Vegeta's fist went through it. It it was beautiful, Kyle. Like, the, the... 
and, and forgive me if I say this. I am black, so I'm going to say this. The nigga came out of me, bro. Like, I swear to God, like, Vegeta came out. He was just like, my nigga, my nigga, I'm going through your shit. Every fucking time, he was, like, every time Tobo would be like, destroy. Vegeta was like, no, nigga. It, it was just, it, it, it was so awesome. And just, he whipped the shit out of him. And I'm just, and in and, and the, the last final uh, part of the episode was, um, it was Vegeta going for the sacrifice attack that he did against Boo. Um, if you guys didn't, I mean, that, that's like one of the few episodes I think everybody remembers when Vegeta knew that there was something higher than, than his own life, which was trying to save the world, and he blew himself up against Boo. He did the same thing against Topo, but this time, that attack was so strong that not only it knocked out Topo, but Vegeta was still alive. I was like, my nigga. Yes! Um, so Vegeta comes out wounded as fuck. His energy's almost depleted. And I'm just like, oh shit, what's gonna happen in 127, my nigga? So 127 comes out, and the only people in the universe of power right now that are part of this are the following. There were Goku, Vegeta, 17, Frieza's still in it, which I, I don't know. Frieza shouldn't even be in this fucking thing. Frieza is the weakest of the, 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 the bunch, except for maybe 17. But 127 pretty much shows Jiren, Goku, and Vegeta, and they're fighting against Jiren. 17's fighting against Jiren, and all of these people are throwing everything in their fucking power against Jiren. Now, this is the part that I wanted to say for just you. Because quite frankly, I was a bit pissed off because of how lazy Jiren's backstory was. And I told Raph I'd talk about it because of how lazy it was. The uh, the clown, yeah, there is a clown. The clown who is the master of Jiren, which is like the King Kai for Universe 7, comes out and talks about Jiren's backstory because Jiren has a higher purpose for the the universe of power. He has he has something he wants to wish for. By the way, he called Topo pathetic in the last episode. Like he just said, "Congratulations, Vegeta! You just beat pathetic Topo." I was like, "Damn!" So here it goes. The clown talked about how Topo's backstory is basically Batman's backstory. He, he, you might as well go ahead and put it as Martha because my, my nigga was upset because his parents died by the, guess what? The person that killed his parents is called the evildoer. Do you, do you know how angry I was when I heard that? The reason why you were so pissed off at life the reason why you're so pissed off at life is because of the goddamn evildoer. I was so upset over this. Oh my god, I was just like, you guys built this guy up to be like the most OP fuck. As a matter of fact, I can't even say they built him up because we didn't know his backstory to fucking begin with. And. Let me just say this. He looks funny as hell as a little kid with these big fucking eyeballs. He looks like a great E.T. I swear to fucking God. Um, 
So they're talking about how the evildoer, which sounds so fucking stupid to even say. I'm just going to say Cthulhu. There you go. I probably sound better. Um, Cthulhu killed his family. So Jared wanted to basically be strong to fight against Cthulhu. So Cthulhu also killed his master, which found him as a kid or a baby in this case. Um, the master trained Jiren to be better than what he was, to be to be strong and everything else. And the evildoer, Jesus Christ, I hate myself for saying it again, but just whatever kills his his master. And I'm just watching this, and I'm saying to myself, "Oh well, this dude's like Batman. Batman storyline insert here. You're traumatized because you lost your family because evildoer, and now he killed your master." And then Seventeen comes out and hears all this, and Seventeen's like, "Oh, so you're pretty much human after all. You want to go ahead and and say that you're all this OP killing machine, but you're just pissed off because your family's dead." Jaren was pissed and almost and and was going at Seventeen. I can't blame him, but the storyline sucks though. Um, so Jaren and Seventeen are going at each other, and it's at this moment that Seventeen does. The saddest move I could have possibly thought of. And he kills himself. Just for Goku and Vegeta to live. Damn. Like, it's a, it was... Uh, 17 and Jiren were going at a blast attack. They were, they were shooting both blasts at each other. And it was to the point where 17 put two, uh, two little force field like barriers around Goku and Vegeta. And he said... If this is what it feels like to be human, I will sacrifice myself for you guys to have a fighting chance against Jiren. And he goes off and, and he dies. After he knows his beam is not going to hold in against Jiren's beam, the beam kills him and Goku and Vegeta still live. Holy shit. So, uh, 128 is, uh, is coming out tomorrow. And it's... Now it's Vegeta versus Jiren. And Vegeta looks like he's about to get his ass kicked. Which means, if you want my honest prediction for everyone else who's listening, I think Vegeta is actually going to have his own Ultra Instinct in this episode. Um, Kyle, did I tell you what Ultra Instinct is? Yeah, you did. I think he's going to have his version right now. Um, there's two levels of Ultra Instinct that I think people are trying to theorize right now. There's defense and there's offense. Goku currently would have the defensive version because he just, literally, he could sense your moves coming from a mile away. And he's not thinking about the moves happening. He's literally just moving and just is flowing with whatever is around him. Now, I might give a really bad interpretation of what Ultra Instinct is, but just go on YouTube, everyone, if you don't think that my interpretation was great. Um... But, yeah, 120, I think it was 128, I said, yeah, 128 is going to be tomorrow, and uh, we'll get through that next episode, which, holy balls, she's like, dude. Nice. So, um, so, I've also got uh, some stuff I want to talk about, some stuff I've been reading. Yeah, 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 go for it, man. I know we still have a, uh, we still have a whole other hour to go in this jam-packed episode. Yep. So I I have been reading this book called Revan. It is about um, time you talk about this. I I finished it. 
Yes. I finished it, and it brings it brings together the protagonist of Nice uh, Little Rebel One, um, which spoilers is Revan, um, and the protagonist of Nice Little Rebel Two, which is Mitra. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with who Mitra is to Revan. No, not really. Okay. Um, basically, she was she was his right hand when he was still a Jedi working for the Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he basically went off the grid and came back as a Sith Lord. So this this book, which isn't canon anymore, thanks Disney. Um, you know what? No, fuck you. It's canon to me. Um, <laughs> It it could be canon, bro. Like, I still have those people who tell me the Dragon Ball GT is canon, and I'm I look at them, and that's a whole other level of just what the fuck. And I still ask them if they're on drugs. Um, yeah. So. But this is this is a whole different ball game. This is an actually this is a good story. Oh, are we going into some spoilers? Spoiler mode. Spoilers, you have been warned. I read it, so you don't have to. Um, Damn. <laughs> just, just get fucked. So, in, in a good way, because this was probably one of the one, one of the greatest Star Wars stories I've re- ever read, if we're honest about it. Um, mm. Which is, holy shit, because there's a lot of them out there. So basically what happens after Revan kind of drops off the map um, is he runs into uh, the current Emperor of the Sith. Um, You know, like the big badass, who is like above Snoke levels of ridiculously strong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fuck. 
Damn. Um, yeah, and then Revan meets this guy, and this guy basically dominates Revan's mind and says, hey, go fuck up the Republic, and if it doesn't work, um, I was never here. So he was, Revan was basically like his test, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a dry run to see how an attack would go, because Revan was in command of like fleets at this point. Um, mm. So he, he basically, you know, bent Revan and Malik to his will and sent them out there to do his bidding. So Revan comes back, um, and there's this, there's this one moment. I'm just going to cut in between to, to towards the end of the book. Okay. Because if you really want to know the story, go buy that shit and read it. Oh yeah, I'm most definitely. Highlights. Um, basically, Revan is captured by a Sith, and the Sith realizes that what the Emperor did before, he's going to try to do again, and he's going to try to attack the Republic. And this particular Sith, which shows up in the Old Republic, the MMO. Yeah. Um, this is. I don't know how familiar you are with those characters in that in that game, but this is uh, this is Scourge. Okay, yeah, I'm a little familiar uh, with it. Yeah, yeah, this is Scourge, the uh, the guy with the red skin and the uh, the tendrils hanging off of his face, kind of like a beard. Hmm. That's him. Oh um, shit. He realizes that the Emperor is going to try this again, and to go at the Republic now is a straight up suicide mission because this is like the strongest they've ever been yeah so he figures we gotta stop this and he'd been talking with Revan for a while and uh, he winds up releasing Revan from his cell in the hopes that he can help him take down the Emperor along with um, the protagonist from Night Seal Republic 2 Amitra bro and Revan gets his old mask back that he had before Knights of the Old Republic 1 when he was um, still fighting for the Republic and still fighting for the Sith and before he lost his memory and that brings all of these memories flooding back at once mm-hmm. so he passes out for a minute while his brain basically downloads this information Yeah. and Mitra and Scourge are left to contend with uh one of the Emperor's, like, 12, I think it's 12, advisors that he has. And they're, like, their, their power is maybe four or five steps below the Emperor himself. Um, Shit. So they're, they're kind of a big fucking deal. They're up there in the hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. So this woman is putting Scourge and Mitra through through some work and Revan comes out of his out of his cell that he fell into mask on hood up and she tries to hit him with a little bit of a little bit of force lightning and he just the way it's described in the book is fucking perfect mm-hmm. um, it basically says he splays both of his fingers both of his hands fingers splayed out in front of him grabs basically grabs the lightning 
I am Revan Reborn. Before me, you are nothing. And sends it right back at her, killing her with her own power. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I was just like, holy shit, my man. So, Revan was really good. I enjoyed that story. Um, I've been on a Star Wars kick for a minute. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's gonna bridge into the Force Awakens, so maybe we get some context as to what happens in between those time periods. Okay. But I had to get into that because holy shit. Oh yeah, most definitely. Holy shit. I mean, guys, that's another that's another great book you guys need to read. Um, I know he's gonna get me to read it. Um, but if you guys are looking for outside of the current canon of the. Star Wars universe when it comes to the movies. Do you mean um, if you want to actually read something good? Yes, exactly. Read something really fantastic <laughs> because you I mean we could talk about other things that are in outside universes that are absolutely trite shit, but this is really really good shit here. And pick up pick it up guys, honestly. Um I myself will be starting to get into it with uh with Kyle solely but surely, so I'm on that I'm on that train with you, buddy. What, well, well, Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah. Yeah, I almost got, I almost failed the fucking t- eighth grade playing Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> yeah, because me and On decided to go ahead and skip a whole week just to play the game. Bro. Yeah, we were like, eh, we don't need school. We need Jedis. Um, but, uh, so there is a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Mainly there's one, two things I wanted to get into on, on my side at least. Um, the first thing was to, uh, propose the idea, we, me and you have talked about this, but also my girlfriend and me have talked about this, um, the idea of an anime cinematic universe. Um, an anime cinematic universe. Now, 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 when I, when we talk about an anime cinematic universe, we're looking at it from the perspective that these movies are getting the proper treatment and respect they deserve. So, when I'm when I'm going off of the anime movies that really appeal to not just me but to everybody in the community, the first movie that has to happen um, that should show up in really in, in, in cinema is Cowboy Bebop. Um, mainly because everybody knows it, everybody loves the hell out of it. Steve Blum voiced Spike. That was an incredible story, incredible characters. Um, and it, it's plausible you could make a movie out of it. I, I'm surprised we have not seen a movie of Cowboy Bebop in some way, shape, and form of a live-action kind of thing. I'm, I'm shocked as hell that we don't even have it. I remember a while back, the rumor was that Keanu Reeves is going to play uh, Spike, and it never happened, um, which would have been amazing. Actually, it would have actually led the charge for really good anime movies. The problem you have here is is that you have one thriving genre doing well, but then you don't have any other genres out there. And sooner or later, we're probably going to be like, we love comic book movies, but what else is out there? I mean, to be honest with you, what else? And the thing about it is, is when you look at 
the landscape of genres out there, there's only a, one other genre I wish that was really good right now. Video game genres, I, I, I'm not giving up, but we don't need to get into that. The last movie I saw that was video game oriented, Wiz With You. Um, so, Which one was that? It was Assassin's Creed. I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, like anime, anime shows have a place in Hollywood. It's you need a Kevin Feige to actually run it. You need a Kevin Feige to uh, a, a guy that's like Kevin Feige to really know what the best interests for the fans and for these movies to take. You know the what direction they take. Um, the first one will be Cowboy Bebop. The second one, in my opinion, I've always loved robots. You know me, dude. I love fucking Gundams. Um, I love Gundams. Uh, but uh, one movie that was outside of that was called Big O. Now, if you think about it, it's Batman with a giant fucking robot. That's basically what it is. Because um, the guy is rich, and he has a butler. And lost his family. There you go. Um, so... <laughs> a lot of these are just coming out being like Batman now um, but instead of a uh, bat cape and a cow he comes out in a fucking badass robot and starts wrecking shit um, and yeah you can say Pacific Rim already got it I know unfortunately that's what it is um, and there's a couple movies for the third spot like I said Sailor Moon and everyone was like oh god John th th that's not even remotely possible all right, you can yeah. fight. You can you can fight with me on that. I I understand. Not you, Kyle, but anyone out there can fight with me on that. I understand. If not Sailor Moon, I'm gonna say Trigun. Yo. I know I got you with that one. Get you, my man. Yo, just the, just imagine a Trigun movie. Uh, imagine. Yeah, silver screen. Uh, silver screen. Uh, they're not connected. That's the thing. They're not connected, but great faithful adaptations of these movies. So are we talking? Are we still talking animated or live action? We're talking live action. Mm. Yeah, I know. So Um, it was Ghost in the Shell, it was Full Metal Alchemist, and it was the idea that, you know, um, there are people who really want these movies to thrive. You know, like you and me, you know, we're kind of getting our, our, our golden years with these fucking comic book movies. You know, back then, comic book movies were a joke. They weren't taken serious at all, and we wanted these movies to be up there on the ladder, and now they are. So it's like, with the spark of comic book movies doing so well and they're successful and they're just they're all over the place but you know it's like we can't get enough of it the question now becomes can we also get that for other universes as well other forms of media can we get that with um you know anime can we get that with video games which that's like a really tough thing to even talk about because there's more misses with hits when it comes to video games except the first Mortal Kombat movie which that's still argue that that's still that's still to be argued about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that movie was 7 out of 10 material, but if you put it next to um, Annihilation, that movie looks like it's gone with the wind. I swear to fucking God, because Annihilation's terrible. Um, beyond fucking belief. But when you look at other genres of media, there's always been that stigma. There's always been the rumblings of when are we going to get a good anime movie? And live action one at that. And it's scary because when you put live action with anime, you think, oh God, that's nerve-wracking. We were the same way 20 years ago when these comic book movies were like coming up and flirt and, and, and just failing. The only ones I can think of that were really doing well were Superman and Batman. And ironically, they're the ones that bombed two years ago. Sorry, Kyle. You know, these are the two heroes that came out and they were doing well. Every other person or, or, or character was, I mean, except for the TV shows, because I know the 1970, or ni yeah, 1980s or 1970s Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno was incredible. No pun intended. Um, I mean, like, I can defend Batman forever, but when you start carrying in a Batman and Robin, I gotta step back. I, I, shit, I might even help you. Y yeah. You know, I think it was Batman and Robin and Steel that actually almost caused the death of superhero movies. Um, or at least Batman. Yeah, I, I know Steel was like very close though, cause like that was that was an unforgivable uh, piece of shit. Came out in what, 2005? What was that again? Batman Begins came out in what, 2005? 2006, but yeah. Yeah, and we talked about Unchained and, and that being something that they were thinking of and because of this movie, because of Batman and Robin, they closed everything down. You know, I remember, um, and, and this is something I don't think many people are aware of, I remember um, I, I was watching a documentary with, uh, with TJ, they were going to come up with a third Mortal Kombat movie. It was behind closed doors. Um, they, they had a scene... Um, at the end of the movie that they, they never showed but the, the the script leaked and it was um it was Shinnok and, and Quan Chi and it was uh they were hey what's, how's it going oh. everyone that was uh that was Mama Pool that just kind of walked in the room um so it was it was Quan Chi and Shinnok and they were basically going through the nether realm basically talking about their, 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 their transgressions and everything, and basically they were like, let's prepare for, for revenge. Let's go fuck everything up in the, in the Earth realm. And it never got put to the movie or anything because of how bad Annihilation... Well, first of all, Annihilation definitely put that movie to the screws to it. Like, it, it, it put the screws to it. Um, but also, um, just because of the fact the guy who played Quan Chi in that scene, he couldn't speak English. At all. They just had him there for visuals. And they maybe had a couple... They had someone to do his voice. And I'm just like, wow. Um, but the the anime cinematic universe, that came about because... I feel bad for the anime community because they don't have a live-action cinematic universe like we do. You know, they don't have that stuff going on. You know, that, that I'd be really excited if Ghost in the Shell actually did successful. I would be excited if we had a Full Metal Alchemist movie that came to the States and and kicked ass. You know, um, this is one that I knew that if I was going to talk about the anime cinematic universe, 
this is one of the reasons why we have to have one that's faithful. I'm pretty sure you heard of the Netflix movie Death Note. Yeah. How terrible that shit was, that's why we have to have something like this because that that's unforgivable. That's 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 the the fact that you have a really sh- how do you fuck that movie up is beyond me. The premise is rather fucking easy, except for uh, I might fuck his name up, but he uh, Willem Dafoe did the voice for the demon that's in the room. Uh, I know TJ knows more about Death Note than I do, so there you go. Oh shit, Willem Dafoe was Ryuk. Yeah, he was. I might have to watch it on that precedence. Don't you will you will need therapy. Um. Like, just watching the uh, the WatchMojo.com video was proof enough to me. First of all, L is black in the in the movie. That's all you need to know. That's how fucked this thing is. Oh, is he really? He's black in the movie. Damn. On looks like L. They could have hired him. I know, I'm being rather racist, but if you're going to do a fucking Death Note movie or any anime movie, do it the right way. Don't whitewash. That's been a controversy with with Ghost in the Shell and many of these movies. Do it the right way. Get 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 actors who really look like these people. If we can do it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we damn sure can go ahead and do it in the anime cin- cinematic universe that we're talking about here and now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I think comes down to it. To to go on an end conclusion. I think you can make phases out of these movies the same way Marvel did, but you can bring really compelling stories to people that they would have never seen had it they not seen the show. You bring it to the movie, people are all in joyce about this cartoon. We don't have to just be in the shadows or in corners and circles talking about our favorite anime shows. In masses, you can have people talk about this. The way that... We talk about Iron Man, Spider-Man, Deadpool, and many others. At the, uh, at the same side of that coin, though, we, we've kind of seen what general audiences um, can do if, if the studios allow it. Um, we've, we've seen some instances where they haven't been 100% true to the source material out of fear of what general audiences will say. I hear you. Here's the thing, though. What these studios are not doing, that I'm going to give one movie credit, and I'm going to be very biased with this movie. Deadpool was a hell of a risk. Because that could have turned around, and that could have that really butt-fucked Fox. Um, because of just the, the what that movie was bringing to the table, that was far off from what any other movie was. You got to take a risk. You got to go with the idea that, you know... This is what people want to see. And and also, at the same time, ask real fans what they really... Bring people in who are real fans. You know, you, you, you I mean, I understand the whitewashing could have been looked at as a risk. Let's bring in actors who we know that are really good, and they're not Asian, but let's bring them in to do a role. No. Your legend of Chun-Li is evidence of this. The, the girl who plays Chun-Li is half Chinese. That's great. The person who plays Bison looks nothing like Bison. P- 
probably looks more like Vega than Bison. That's where they screwed up. And wasn't and Bison is 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 menacing. He controls the entire Shadowloo Empire. How in the hell do you get that messed up? Is my only guess. If you can get Shang Tsung correct, you can get Bison correct. But in order to do that, you have to have people who know what these games and these shows are really about. And you got to bring people in the, from the in, the inside. Don't bring outside people. That's where it gets fucked up. Because then they go off of what's popular now and what people like 20 years from now. Why else do you think the WWE is in the shit shape it's in? You know, yeah. I don't want the WWE for that main reason, too. They're bringing people in who have no business with the wrestling business. Exit me out of being a fan. You know, if anything, I'll go watch barbed wire matches where the dude's basically bashing another dude in the head with a barbed wire bat. Um, it, 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 <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that's really where I'm, I'm coming from. I know what you're talking about because that makes a lot of sense to me. We're on the same side of that coin, general audiences and that whole thing. I, I get what you're saying there. It's it's the factor of Deadpool was basically the first real idea that that was a fan engineered pro, uh, idea, but it was a fucking hell of a risk for everyone else because I mean not only that it was the it was to the point where Ryan Reynolds' own money was given out to these actors because the studio wasn't pretty much helping him out with this movie. Fifty million dollars is not a really big budget for a movie these days. You know, which, unfortunately, that that's sad to say because, you know, you'd think $50 million, you'd think, wow, with us, I mean, shit, first thing we're doing is supplying ourselves with food, water, and a house, and everything else in the fucking sun. But also, if we had enough money combined, we could make these fan-made projects. It's really easy with that kind of money, but they're making full-fledged films. You know, but... I mean that's just me. I think I think an anime cinematic universe needs to happen. If 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 these people really want to see Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, and all these fucking movies, it, these shows that are really awesome shows, become movies, then it needs to happen. It would be interesting. Um, I think it would also be interesting to see what kind of attention. Uh, that kind of project would receive uh, domestically. Um, yeah. Because I know that kind of media in particular is a lot more popular um, overseas than it is here. Yeah. Uh, granted, granted, I know there's a bunch of people um, that are into that form of media, you and myself included. But, you know, we all know it's, it's a capitalist nation uh, everybody is very currency centric so if these movies don't do you know if they, if they don't perform over budget then we might not see another one of these made at least domestically yeah. I think the first one um, we know Ghost in the Shell was domestic right yeah I'm pretty sure that one was made here um, I don't know how well that one did box office wise I know people were upset about the controversy of it like you said with the uh, the whitewashing I think 
we get that'll be genuine to the source material is probably going to come from overseas. Um, and this is just my prediction. It's probably going to come from overseas, and then movie companies here are going to see what they've done over there, and they're going to try to replicate. I could see that. Um, I'll give you a prime example. Um, and I, I agree with you. It, it has to do well domestically and worldwide. I mean, that that's the expectations with the with with Marvel movies. That's the expectation with these movies. Um, in my honest opinion, I can throw one example of how frustrating it is to probably get movies that are overseas over to the West Coast and really receive attention. There's only one man I can think of who was so frustrated prior to his death, and that's Bruce Lee. I remember I, I was watching a really good documentary, and just to hear how frustrated he was at the the Western Hemisphere trying to create just Asians and just degrading the shit out of them, and how he had to stand up for all those rights, you know, and and basically he had to just really plunge his way in, you know. He did a lot of movies overseas in order to come in and do a movie. The movie that made him big. For a lot of us, Enter the Dragon, he was already he, he died already. Thirty-five years old, but the one thing I wish could have happened before he died was, aside from him, someone else came in the picture and carried the torch. That's another reason why I think these movies just have not happened, because you don't have someone like a Bruce Lee pushing the fucking envelope. You know, yeah, I mean, definitely you need people behind the project that want it to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I felt like I wanted to give one more example um, because your your uh, your reasoning was very solidified, you know. And I, I, wanted to leave, I wanted to leave everybody with one last example because it really sucks to know that this is not a thing and I have to trace it all the way back to when Bruce Lee was alive. Because this man was fighting for stuff like just kung fu movies to, or his type of movies to exist. The only lights that I think he really got were the Green Hornet, which, let's be real. It wasn't really the Green Hornet. It was the Bruce Lee show. <laughs> like, my mans did more for that show than they were doing for the show. Like, it just, bruh. Um, and then you had, you know, Enter the Dragon. I'm, I remember Game of Death was huge. Game of Death was was an amazing movie. I know it had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as one of the guys he he met up on the tower. It was a tower, and each floor was a certain villain. I get that, but Game of Death was was probably second best in comparison to Enter the Dragon. You know, in that movie, it did plunge Asian Americans to probably be like Jackie Chan was probably entered in this whole thing because of stuff. And we do have little silver lining examples. We do have the Forbidden Kingdom. We we do have Rush Hour, even though that is more of a comedy than it is an action. We do have some silver linings. But we need to push more. And more people need to be involved for this. And hopefully, if it does happen, we can get domestic and worldwide sales. Yeah. 
Um, I have one more topic, but Kyle, do you have anything else? Bruh. Black Panther is out today. Um, I gotta be honest, it's not... I don't know, Black Panther isn't one of those Marvel superheroes that I'm very excited about. Okay. Um, I don't know, like, just the concept of the character doesn't really interest me. Um, I understand there's gonna be probably a lot of political intrigue involved, given that he... Uh, is basically prince of a well king now of a a nation it's just I don't know um, he's never been one of those characters that stands out to me with a roster like Captain America and Iron Man and Spider-Man I hear you um I'm kind of excited to see what his uh what his movie looks like um, I didn't think he'd ever get a solo movie. I never thought he got a. I never thought in a million years he'd ever get a solo film. Um, I'm excited though. Um, one of the things that I think that they're gonna push on this agenda here is that it's Black History Month, and so this movie comes out kind of like what you were talking about. The political intrigue jumps into this. You know, it's Black History Month. Black Panthers out. Two and two rub together. People are gonna talk about it both positively and negatively I think the story you and me both were very angered about was and I think you were talking about it that DC fanboys I don't even want to say that that, that's a terrible fucking label by the way fanboy in general it's a terrible label Um, people who love DC more are going to watch this movie and troll it Yeah. I was just like, bro, comics, motherfucker, do you read them? Seriously. Yeah, I read that shit too, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, you guys are really going to seriously go ahead and sit there and tell me that the Black Panthers are somewhat linked to this? Like, no. Um, there's, there's a lot of ignorance going around, and there's, I don't know, man, there's really nothing you can do for it, and shake your head, stay in your lane, and move on. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, that's the way I've chosen to handle it. It's not, you know, with with, with it as widespread as it is, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. But on that positive note, we will say, guys, go check out Black Panther. Go support the movie. Um... I mean, if you're not interested, I can't tell you you don't don't see it. I mean, I mean, I say go see it anyway just to see if you're gonna like it or not. I'm definitely gonna go see it to um, really see how much of the mythos of Wakanda they actually follow. Um, as, as someone who who leans towards DC, um, leans toward as in I love the shit out of BVS and I can. Um, I'm surprised you can tolerate that thing. Oh, oh 
Oh yeah. No, I can I can tolerate it. If it has Batman in it, I'll tolerate it. Shit, I've tolerated Batman and Robin for years. Salute. I'll, I'll still talk shit about it, but I'll tolerate it. Um, Salute. Yeah. Uh, please, please go support these films if you're interested. Um, if you if you love comics. What better way to show it than to support these companies that are giving us these amazing stories? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, because, like John said earlier, we are in this golden age of nerddom, where it's socially acceptable now. You know, back in the day, people would be like, you read comics? Fucking loser. And now it's like, you read comics? Well, which ones do you read? It's more of a... It, it, it's more accepted. Um in this day and age and there may come a time where that ends yeah um especially this whole cinematic universe craze that we have going on now you know there's companies are making these movies I don't wanna I really don't wanna say this but they're not making these movies because it's 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 for the fans I mean, obviously, the people that are working on the movie and the people that are directing the movie and have, have a hand in the movie are obviously developing it for the end user, which is advanced. But the companies themselves that put the money behind these movies aren't doing it because they believe in getting something out to the fans. They believe in the cash flow. And the moment that these movies stop bringing in the money that they expect to see is the moment that these cinematic universes that we have grown accustomed to and taken for granted could end. Yeah. That's just kind of the sad truth of it. It is. And, and that's why I also brought up the anime cinematic universe because there's going to come a time where we're going to want different things. Um, and that will be a great transition if this ever dies, you know? Um, and, and be honest with you, I'm gonna read comics until I'm 90 and I'm in dust anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, I said that. Um, but yeah, go support these movies, please. Um, whether it's DC, whether it's Marvel, whether it's Black Horse, Dark Horse, I don't give a fuck what kind of comic company you support. Go support these. If you love them, buy them. Don't pirate the shit out of them, because that's, that's lazy. Um... You know, when it comes to, uh, like, for example, we were going to talk about Spawn in episode two. We got a Spawn movie in, in the works. We got a Hellboy movie in the works. Go support those fucking movies. Absolutely. You know, like, they need just as love, if not anything more, than these Marvel movies. Because they're, they're being made independently, if nothing else. So please, go support them. Um... I was going to save this for the last, and I can't ignore it anymore. I, I got to talk about it. I was talking to Kyle on the phone about uh, Evo, which, if you're not familiar with Evo, it's, it's called Evolution, and it is the Super, Super Bowl of fighting games. It is the WrestleMania. It is the World Series of fighting games. Uh, it's, the biggest of the, it's the biggest of the biggest. Everybody goes there to prove their worth, and the cash prize is pretty nice. Um, but Evo every year has always had Marvel versus Capcom. Evo has always had Street Fighter. Th those are the two flagship games that Evo has been really built upon. 
you know, there is Mortal Kombat, there is King of Fighters, there is Blaze Blue, there is Tekken, but those are the two games that I remember that Evo was built upon. Well, everybody and their mother has been posting videos on YouTube about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite not being on Evo. Now, I've had the chance to talk with my best friend, Ton, on, on, in, in Texas. Me and him, we used to road together when it came to fighting games. But there was a comment that I thought was very fucking ignorant that I have to go ahead and address. And Kyle, get ready for it. So when we talked about it, the con I'm not even gonna tell. The I'm not even going to mention the man's name. His name does not need to come up. But he came out and said, "People are gonna play anyway. What does it matter?" I sleep. Are you fucking serious? I I read that comment and I was like, "You have to be fucking shitting me." So, yeah, he said that comment. By the way, I'm not going to say the man's name, but I will address that man personally. Fuck you. Because, honestly, that has to be single-handedly the most... First of all, the man had a lot of hand in Marvel 2. And he supposedly goes for the community. So fuck you for saying that kind of line. Because it's not something... First of all, when we look at Marvel Infinite, we have to look at how bad this fucking game was. And why it's not on an Evo. Okay? The roster. Let me get to the roster because that's the biggest fucking problem there. And we'll go down the ladder. Okay? Kyle, did you realize there's no X-Men in this game? What the fuck? There's no X-Men in this fucking game at all. And that was the one thing that drove me away from not even paying for it. Um, None whatsoever. There's no Wolverine. There's no Deadpool. There's no Magneto. There's no Storm. No Gambit. Nothing. There was no... I would. Ironically, I actually bought Injustice 2 with the Turtles. That is worth more money than any fucking Capcom game right now. And it was 75 bucks to pay for the Ultimate Edition for Injustice. Well, worth the money. Um, but, yeah. That's the first thing we're gonna mention. The mechanics are the second thing. I understand that the hit of death from Ultimate was a pain in the ass for everyone to deal with. If you were a casual person jumping into this game, you probably did not like that shit whatsoever. You probably were like, you know what? I can get a soda and this combo will still be going. But when you strip a whole fucking neutral game away from this game and you give me no good characters, I mean, you give me characters, but you don't give me the characters I wanted upon this interview that I thought was insulting to every other person who loves this franchise. When you come out and say, that the characters that we love are just functions at the end of the day. You're not getting my money. You took specifically, you tell me that Wolverine and Deadpool are just functions. And then you want to go ahead and say people are going to play the game anyway. What does it fucking matter? They're going to know right then off the bat five seconds later that Wolverine, Deadpool and the rest of them are not in this fucking game. And then they're going to drop the game. If anything, if they buy the game knowing it's Marvel versus Capcom, they're going to bring that shit right back. What does it matter? That actually lets you know that there wasn't a whole lot of passion behind this project. Oh, there wasn't at all. I'm, I'm infuriated with, with that game. That's why I, I don't... 
I'm going to say this right now. I don't bother to play that game. I don't own the game. I haven't bought the game, and I never will buy the game. It's a, it's a slap in the face to anyone who really loves the franchise. If you love this franchise, you're probably saying to yourself the same thing that I'm saying right now. You don't love this game. This game is a degenerate slap in the face to anyone who loves this fucking franchise. It is. And if you love this game, I'm going to hold my tongue and say that's, that's your opinion. But if you truly love this game, you would, I mean, if you truly love this franchise, you will not buy that fucking game. You will probably give the money right back to Capcom. Or give the game right back to Capcom. Honestly. How dare they fucking say that kind of comment? Bad press. DLC practices were just terrible as usual. No roster. The game can put me to sleep any day of the week. Like, shit, I was watching a match with Sonic Fox and, and Chris G. Dude, I got a solid 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> the game is boring as shit. So, you're going to defend the game, some some nobody that I'm going to say, and come out and telling me people are going to play the game, who cares anyway? Go fuck yourself. You're the problem right now. You're not actually standing up for the game that you love so goddamn much that you're so passionate about that you mentioned to me. Go fuck yourself. I know that's a strong statement to say, but when you say that ignorant of a fucking statement to a game that I love so damn much, probably more so than you, go fuck yourself. Because, I I mean, I don't, I barely play Marvel vs. Capcom these days. Ultimate. Or any other Marvel vs. Capcom game for that matter. But when it comes to the defense of that game, I'm jumping to the mountaintops. Like freaking Rocky Balboa and Rocky Four. Instead of yelling Drago, I'm yelling Marvel. Yeah. So, and this is the thing I really wanted to talk to you about. So the Evo president came out and talked about how Marvel will be a side game and not the cornerstone game that it used to be. It won't be the flagship games. Right now, this is the year of anime games. You have Guilty Gear. You got Dragon Ball Fighter Z taking the place of Marvel. You got Tekken 7. You got uh, Injustice is on there. Uh, Street Fighter Arcade Edition's on there. These are all the games that are on there, and Marvel's not on there. Yeah. And, and, and the question that everyone's been asking, is Marvel versus Capcom Infinite officially dead? And you know what? I'm going to say it, it is. It is. Damn. Because when you have the Super Bowl of fighting games not really pushing that game to be one of the flagship games, to me, that sends a radar to every other... Every other tournament there is in the U.S., why should we put this up there on the main stage? You know, like, I can name a few tournaments right now that probably saw that, and they're probably like, all right, cool, if Evo's not doing it, we won't put it up either. There's, there's, a, there's a tournament in Florida, as a matter of fact. Biggest one there is, CEO, Alex Jabaley. I'll give him fucking props right now. Probably won't put that shit up on the main stage. 
ETC, that's all the way up in, in I think it's in, in Philly. They probably won't put it up either. Final round, Georgia. You get where I'm coming from. Because of Evo doing this, the rest of them will be like, all right, cool, we won't put this up either. If it's not that big of a deal, we'll just put it as a tie tournament. Evo's that big of a deal that the rest of them will probably take suit. Yeah. But yeah, I got to say it, Kyle. I think it's dead. I think it's officially dead, and I think it's going to be a long time before we see another Marvel versus Capcom game. Holy shit. Yeah, I know I was very heated in that whole little discussion, but I needed to because I have been waiting to say something about this for a while. I've seen it for two weeks now that this has been going a week or so now about like videos calling out and saying Marvel versus Capcom Infinite is officially dead. Yeah, it really is. And it's a damn shame because this game could have been pushed to the level that I, I, I originally saw it. When I first heard about a new Marvel versus Capcom game, I practically shit myself. Because who would have thought that Marvel would have given the license back to Capcom? Who would have thought that that was going to really be a thing? I remember there was a photoshopped image of, of it was the number four. And it had Marvel and Capcom and PS4. And everybody was going ape shit. I'll never forget it. I was one of the very few who was calling out 80 fucking characters in the game with an incredible fucking assist system. I was, we were throwing, me and Tran were throwing list up the ass. And then the PlayStation, um, uh, the, the, the freaking, the conference they had, they showed X and Ryu and we were all going nuts. I was like, I was losing my shit. I mean, we got we got Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for a port for the PS4. That was great. I love it. I love playing it. You know me. I love playing it. But we got Infinite. And when I heard about all the negative shit that came out of this, that shit broke my heart so much, I had to turn my back on the game that I love a lot. You know how, you know how hard that was to say, I'm not going to buy that game? I get it. We're supposed to tell people to support these these movies and games. But when a game is that terrible, can you really support it? That's true, because you're giving positive reinforcement to a flawed product. If Deadpool 2 is terrible, I can't defend it. I can't. I can't sit there and be like, oh, well, there was no... If it's as garbage as Origins, I can't defend that shit. I gotta say it for what it is. It's a garbage movie. Yeah. You know? Games are no exception. They get the same fucking treatment like every other thing out there in modern media. If it's trash, me and Kyle gotta call it out every week. You know? We said it about Justice League. If not anything else... I mean, at least for me, I said that. I mean, I said it was trash. But... Um, you know, it's just we we it's it's one of those things where I'm looking at Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, and I'm getting people defending this game, and I'm just like, how? How can you sit there with a straight face and tell me that what you're playing is is not garbage? The gems were the same gimmick we had in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. You're paying sixty. 60- 
Which is the same size of that, that token, though. If you do enjoy that game, that's just, man, that's, that's what you like. It is what it is. Well, yeah, I get it. Like, there, there, there is that as well. Like, I'll come down and, and I won't I won't blow up and say, hey, you know. But, you know, if, if you still play Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I give you a load of fucking just salutes. Because that game was trashed hard for all this shit that it was given. That you're paying, like, you're, you're paying twice for a video game. I don't, I don't know if you knew about that, Kyle, but yeah, you, you're paying twice for a video game, and you're also paying for a fat Mega Man DLC. Hashtag Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it actually was worse than that. I, I can't even believe it was. It was actually worse than that. Like, I, I, I know. You're, you're sitting there thinking... It is. Where you look at Star Wars Battlefront, you look at Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and you're like, which which DLC practice was worse? It was actually Capcom's. You know, honestly, it really was. Because for starters, I don't have to pay twice for Battlefront. For Capcom games, you pay twice for the video game. They give you one half of the game, and then the other half is given to you once you pay for that other half. So actually, Battlefront, for like the entire thing, um, it costed a good um, $120. I think it was actually 120 I think they were charging 60 for the season pass and 60 for the game. Okay. I think it was on par, if anything. I don't even think they gave you much for the DLC. It was like a few extra locations, like a few extra maps and a few extra modes, and that was it. Yeah. I just, I, I look at the, I look at Capcom, and I'm like, when the fuck are you going to learn? When are you going to sit there and really wonder, what can we do differently? And just say, fuck the way that they're we're, we're doing it. Look at NetherRealm Studios. A combat pack is no more than fucking $10. Am I correct? Yeah, that's, that's true. A combat pack is is no more than ten fucking dollars. I was throwing I was throwing huge amounts of fucking money for one character off of Capcom. They were pulling my teeth for shit. It was unacceptable that they do that kind of shit. It, it was surprising to me that the HD collections are the only games that I'm actually buying. They have an HD collection coming out in May. And guess what's on the fucking game? What's that? Fucking Street Fighter Third Strike. Yeah. Third Strike is on that bitch. And I bet you it's only going it, to... If it's $40, that's a hell of a deal. But their HD collections are the only things worth buying at this point. Because those are the games I actually like playing. Hope to God that they actually go with the netcode of Iron Galaxy. Because their netcode was flawless. So let's hope to God Iron Galaxy is still working with them, because Iron Galaxy's net code was flawless, um, like barely anything. It was beautiful, but they they got Third Strike coming out. They got like Street Fighter Two. They got all these old fucking Street Fighter games that I love play. Alpha, Alpha One, Two, and Three, which is like the the freaking backbone of my Capcom existence, is gonna be on this shit. Nice. 
those are actually worth more than the games they have currently right now. That's the state of Capcom. But I digress. I, I know I've gone way off the map with this one. Whew. Um, it was. It, that, that was a week of holding it back. I swear to God. Um, but if you like the content that we got going on, guys, um, please give us a like and a comment and subscribe to not only our, our Podbean, but also iTunes as well. It's also going to be up there as well. Um, and also give us a like and some and some stars for Facebook. Um, I think the only thing we have left is um, I did want to mention one last thing. It's only going to be one last little line, and that's it. We realized that there was a unfortunate circumstance that happened this week, and all I want to say is, um, you know, from me and Kyle, I'm, I'm sure you're going to probably say this too. I'm giving my condolences to the families that you know, lost family from the Florida shooting that happened. Absolutely. And we, it's, it's always terrible to see something like that happening anywhere. Yeah. Um, wherever it occurs, I mean, we know, especially in the USA, it brings up the whole gun issue. Um, it's, Yeah, most definitely, man. And uh, on that note, I do want to say that uh, whether you go to a con or not, whether you guys go out with your families and have a good time, stay safe. I, I, yeah, stay safe. I know it's it's a crazy time out there. You don't know what the hell can happen. Stay safe. Um, and with that note. This is uh this is the trigger happy chatterbox. And this is the world's greatest detective. This is Dead Bat. Hold on to what's golden. Hold on to what's golden. We're taking back to the days of yes, Charlie. We're holding on to what's golden.